And welcome back to the Divorce Solutions Podcast, everybody. I'm Jamie West from Divorce.com. You can check us out at divorce.com.ca. Tracy Miller's here, too, a veteran family law practitioner with Miller Law and Mediation here in Canada. And Tracy, uh, good to have you back. Uh, we're going to be talking about one of the great lightning rods that make people fight or get squirmy in trying to resolve their family law matter. Good to talk to you again. Yeah, great to talk to you. And I, th I think anytime you start talking about money in the context of one of these cases, it can get a little ugly. Right. So we're going to talk about, you know, expenses uh, related to just raising kids, uh, all types of expenses, whether they be extracurricular expenses, a dental, medical, um, anything, um, you know, maybe your child has special needs. Uh, whatever it is, uh, here in Canada, we call those Section 7 expenses. Uh, I'll let you take it from there. Uh, what are those kind of defined as? This isn't, um, we're not talking spousal support and child support. This is different. No, and what I think um, should be a really practical, straightforward conversation can just get so screwed up and, and so create so many problems for people. I mean, Section 7 is the legalese when you're talking about expenses for your kids. Mm -hmm. So when you have a discussion about child support, usually the next thing you're going to talk about is what's called Section 7 expenses. But it's, you know, the law can make something complicated, which maybe really doesn't need to be. The Section 7 expenses in the legislation isn't really defined. It doesn't give you a list and say, these are all going to be Section 7 expenses. Right. And, the, print, this, the theory behind it is it depends on the situation because if you're paying two or $3,000 a month in child support, probably not much is going to be over and above that you're going to be expected, expected to contribute to. Mm -hmm. If you're on the other end of the income uh, spectrum, then what is going to be an expense that you're going to be able to afford for your kids is going to be completely different. So it really is fact dependent, but at the heart of it, it's really what expenses over and above their daily living expenses, because that's what child support's for. What expenses are, should you be paying for for your kids? That's the discussion. But right, I think right. what people need to, the starting point is you need to remember you now have the same income, the same combined income as you did before you separated, probably, and you've got two households to support. Right. So now your expenses have doubled. Do you, do you know what I mean? I do. It, it, I mean, it makes perfect sense. But, but and it's good that you're pointing that out exactly like that, because that's the part that's often lost on people when they're going through this. Uh, they don't stop to think, oh, my goodness. Yeah. If I took my income and his income and put it together and we were living in the one house. OK, that's one thing. Now take my income and his income and two houses. Yeah. You, you, you know, it totally changes everything. And, and so, therefore, adjustments have to be made across the board. You're going to have to make adjustments yourself. You know, you might have to lower, lower your clothing budget or your grocery budget or your going out with friends budget. He'll have to do the same thing. And even with the kids, uh, sometimes there has to be some kind of adjustment uh, based on that fact. And I know? think that's the conversation. You know, when people want to have this conversation, I think usually, unless money's no object, um, usually it's a mistake if you haven't first looked at what the reality is in terms of the numbers. And in my experience, there's an awful lot of couples that 
one person does the finances and one person don't, doesn't. And it doesn't mean the other one couldn't. It just, in my experience over this many years, it seems to be there's usually one person that does it primarily and the other person really didn't. So the first step is people need to be real clear on what their own expenses or living expenses are going to be. They need to know what their income is, how much they're given to the government um, tax-wise and what they end up with at the end of each month. And then figure out what your disposable income is. And it's not that difficult. Believe me, I'm not necessarily a spreadsheet person. But you need to know how much money you've got left. And don't do it the other way around and say, well, my kid's always been in rep hockey and we paid $15,000 a year when we were together. We should just keep doing that. Okay, the starting point is you've got the same combined income and probably twice the living expenses that have to get paid. So to your point, maybe you're not going to be able to just put your kids in everything you had them in before. Right. Because maybe it's just not financially feasible. But too often these discussions get into, well, you're just being difficult or you want to spend the money on your new girlfriend or whatever right. it is. And it just goes off into who's right and who's wrong. Right. And it goes you're not making the kids a priority or, exactly. Um, exactly. you know, you're being, you're being selfish, uh, yada, yada, yada. It goes on and on along that uh, unfortunate uh, train. And, well, and the other thing that sparks it for people, when you said it being a lightning rod, the number of times I've seen cases where somebody just, you know, email, takes a snap of a, here's my $5,000 orthodontal bill, you owe me three grand and just sends it. And there's no mm -hmm. prep to the conversation, right? Or here's the bill for hockey. Here's your percentage. If there's no discussion beforehand, 90% of the time that's going to blow it up. Yeah. It, 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 I mean, that's just normal human dynamics and communication mm -hmm. stuff, right? So yeah. uh, that's important. I keep saying communication totally. is very, very important in all of this, and it often gets uh, overlooked. And so I've certainly made my, my share of mistakes along that road. Well, who and, hasn't, in, right? in, in life, never mind just yeah. in in divorce, but in life I've made those mistakes. We all have. So sometimes I it helps to have a you know somebody tell you this is a better way to do it well i find what what seems to take some of the heat out of it is people can agree on what they think the expenses that they're both going to contribute to they have a list of those expenses right instead of doing it as a one-off or you're in a constant negotiation with your ex every time a receipt comes up which usually isn't good you have a list of them and, and you sit down and you know everybody knows what their income situation is and their finances and then you can have an agreement on, you know, for this next year, we're good. This We agree that we're going to contribute to these expenses. Then you talk to the kids. Don't do it the other way around. Oh, don't don't do point. that. I'd love to put you in it, oh, but, you know, Billy won't agree, and he's just being difficult. Oh, God. That is such an important point you just made um, mm -hmm. about, you know, the, the adults, the parents need to discuss all of these things in absolute detail before absolutely. anything is discussed uh, with the kids absolutely no question because as soon as you do it the other way around you're putting the kids right in the middle and mm -hmm. uh it's that's just <laughs> it's morally wrong to do that but it's also legally wrong uh, to well, it do just it. puts your kids in the middle of it and you think you know come on i mean if yep. you can't have a discussion with your ex then hire a parenting coordinator mm -hmm. um, and that's what they do right they can mediate those discussions for you if you can't do it for whatever reason and there's absolutely people that for very good reasons cannot hire somebody that's going to do it for you so at the end of the day 
everybody's clear on what their financial obligations are and there's no question on it. And you know, the one that we didn't talk about is post-secondary expenses. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, we're coming up to back to school. Uh, we're recording this here in, uh, you know, midsummer of, of 2022 and we're starting to get back into back to school season. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, I've got this one I know about cause I've got three kids that uh, were or one left in uh, college and they've been in university and they know, you know, in the spring, what your expenses are going to be. You have a pretty darn good idea of what they're going to be, right? Yeah. Um, and that information needs to be shared with people. But even before that, people need to have a realistic discussion real early on about what's your contribution going to be? Because I can tell you, easily $20,000 a year. Without Easily, it, it can cost you $20,000 a year. So for the people that are going to leave that until the year their kids in in grade 12 you just think geez you guys are in for a hell of a conversation because it's such a huge number right well it is yeah and and there's no getting around you know people avoid uh conversations and that's Mm -hmm. you know i advise people all the time don't avoid those conversations prepare for them properly think them through get your head in the right place and then have them because they need to be had. Um, Absolutely. Have a discussion about what's your kid expected to do. There's no hard and fast rule on that. There isn't necessarily the kid pays a third and you guys pay a third. I've had cases where they're just their personal belief. The client says the kids shouldn't have to contribute at all. I've had some where the parents are very definite that this is what we're going to contribute and the kid's going to come up with the rest somehow. Right. I mean, those are all discussions you have ahead of time. So then at least... When your kid gets to that point, you guys have got a real clear understanding of what your your obligations are going to be. And then that can also be, you know, communicated to the to the kid that's involved, right? If this kid's expected to be working in the summers and getting OSAP and, and doing whatever, then fair enough. They probably should know that, you know, going into it and not August before, uh, you know, school starts in less than a month. Exactly. Uh, and again, that comes with proper you know, prepared, advanced communication uh, tactics. It really does. Tactics yep. sounds like such a military word, but uh, maybe not the <laughs> That's best That's a litigation word. word. You shouldn't even be saying I that. Know. I know. Scra- strike that from the record. Strategy uh, yeah. and tactics. Yeah. What are you saying? Uh, the, yeah, the, the, uh, the stenographer is, uh, is striking <laughs> that right now. Yeah, that. Yep, that's right. Strike that. Thank yeah. you. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's just, gone. We'll just, <laughs> you know, you certainly hope that people, one way or the other, they can have a discussion. They can get a mediator and have a facilitated discussion. But get this stuff out of your way, and figure out what it's going to be. And like you said, just because it's going to be maybe an uncomfortable conversation, somebody at some point's making a decision, right? If you can't, somebody else is going to have to make a decision. So just don't leave it. Yeah, absolutely. And and again, just to wrap it up, you you know, people have got to adjust their expectations and absolutely. you know, no one's happy that the family is, you know, separating. No you, I don't I can't remember anybody saying using the word, "Oh, I'm really happy that I have to figure all this stuff out." Nobody's happy uh, about doing it and your kids won't be happy about it either. But if you employ all the things that Tracy is talking about here, then you're bound to get, you know, the optimal solution that you can under the circumstances. And And that's about all you can hope for. 
the key is, is as you said, the key is to be able to communicate it, right? The key is to be able to sit down and have a discussion and get to a resolution of what the issues and in what is probably a difficult, no doubt, a difficult situation for the people. But sooner or later, you're going to have to get a decision made, right? And if you don't want to make it yourself, then you're not going to like the alternative process. Now, there you go. Hey, mm-hmm. I want to remind everybody, uh, your situation is uh, different than the guy that cuts your hair and the mechanic <laughs> that works on your car. So don't uh, be taking yeah. their advice. Go and see your own lawyer. And um, this is not legal advice that we're giving you either, or health advice, or every financial advice. You, you know, every, yeah, every situation is different, right, Tracy? So we encourage our, our listeners, and we thank you for listening to uh, Divorce Solutions to get your own specific professional assistance with your uh, situation. And don't forget, if you've got a question and you want to suggest a topic for Divorce Solutions, drop me a line, J West, the letter J, West at divorcecom.ca. Tracy, how do people get a hold of you if they want to connect? Website is Miller Law and Mediation, and my email is tracy at miller-law.ca. All right, we'll do it again real soon. Thanks, Tracy. Okay, talk to you later.